listening to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life, and I'm Darlene Brock, and we are coming into a busy season. I know, it is. lots. There's lots going on. We've got spring break and Easter fun and Easter activities and all of the things. Yeah, this Sunday's Easter. So what are you doing, Julie? What are you? Oh, I'm sorry. Who are you? Oh, yes. I am Julie Graham, and I am equally excited and busy this time of year with all of the Easter fun. I love Easter activities, partly because it's, you know, the new fun spring season. I love the change of fashion. I love the Easter activities and the Easter egg hunts and finding oh. all the good candy. Oh, the specifically good candy. steering my kid toward the eggs that look like they have the good stuff right. in them. So you you take Lincoln on Easter egg hunts, yep. and you're, the good candy to me is chocolate. Yes. All right, but doesn't it melt? Yeah, but I mean, like I just try to make sure I plan the events that I know the people who are going to be helping do them I are going to buy it. the good candy. I love and it. And then I do an Easter basket for my kid that is filled with the candies I enjoy. <laughs> Yeah. And then he can have one piece and the rest is for me. And he walks happy away from Easter. it. So yeah. Good. Good. Happy. How about okay, how about the clothes? Do you love that? Julie, I, mean, I can't imagine. Think, I can't I've, imagine. I've been thinking for a long time about what I will wear on Easter. It's always a big deal. And I generally like to get a new pair of Easter shoes as well. Is this too much? I don't know. I think it's just right personally. No, I think it's great. <laughs> and in fact, when my girls were growing up, my mother-in-law bought their Easter dresses every year. Oh, cute. Yeah, and she loved the frou-frou, and my girls did. I'm not frou-frou. You know that. I do know yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not frilly, frou-frou-y person, and she bought them, and my girls love them. So every Easter, Aww. they went with the little, you know, frou-frou-y, flowery, cute little Easter dresses. I mean, our church, you know, is pretty casual, but everyone dresses up on Easter. So I always think it's so fun to come in and see everyone kind of in their, their Easter best. And I like to put my kid in a hat and suspenders and the whole deal and make him take pictures that he hates yeah, every second say, of. Yeah, and yep. lots of pictures. Good times. Yeah. So all of that Easter stuff is totally fun, but we want to talk a little bit specifically on this episode about what Easter really means to us. So we are women of faith. We are Christians. And so for us, we kind of joke, but it's not a joke that for us, Easter is like the Super Bowl of our faith. It's the big one. It is the big one. If if this event did not happen, our faith would be worthless. Absolutely. So we celebrate. We celebrate the fact that um, we serve a God who gave us this gift. So you may be hearing that and thinking, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't really even believe in God or understand what the Christian faith cares so much about on Easter. And we totally get that. And we want to meet you right where you are, if that's kind of where you're coming into this episode. I think a lot of people who would say, you know, I'm not sure if I believe in God. I think one of the main issues is this struggle between why do bad things happen to good people and why do good things seemingly always happen to bad people? Yeah. I mean, that's a struggle, right? It is a struggle, and it's it's reality. I, I think you and I both know we've lived through enough life to know that there is heartache and disappointment, and there is um, there are things that 
people harm one another or they do things that destroy another person. There are difficult things in life. So you look at that and you say, often say, why or how is there a God that actually cares about us if these things happen to us and happen to other people that we think don't even deserve good things happening to them? Absolutely. And and as we've said, we are women of faith, but I know I personally still struggle with this from time to time. Um, but because I do look to God as the one who holds everything together and has a purpose in everything, I go to the Bible to look for answers to these questions. And personally, I'm so thankful that God has spoken about all of these types of concerns that plague us right in his word. And so right off the bat, I want to go to Matthew 5, um, 45, that kind of talks about what we're talking about. It says, then you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. His son shines on bad people and on good people. He sends rain on those who are right with God and on those who are not right with God. So mm. the Bible says God treats everyone with both good and difficult things in life. Yeah, and what we know by that, Julie, is that he loves us equally. Mm. You know, you think he should love me more because I'm a little bit cuter or nicer or better, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. We're All of us start at the same place, and he doesn't love one human any more or less than he loves another. So then how do you answer that question kind of on that flip side of why do good things happen to bad people? Because he loves us, because he he gives everyone an opportunity to experience good things in life and bad things in life, because we do live in a world that provides both mm. equally to everyone. And the Bible actually says in Romans um, chapter three that God loved us before we even knew him. And part of the way we come to um, grow in a relationship with him is recognizing that he has been for there for us even when maybe we didn't acknowledge him. When we didn't know he loved us and when we didn't acknowledge him, he still did what we needed done mm-hmm. to uh, close the gap between a perfect God and a sinful man, which is us. It's so funny because I think the word sin is so run from these days. Mm-hmm. It's very culturally unfriendly. It is. And it is an unfriendly word. Who Mm -hmm. wants to say, oh, I am a sinful person. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the truth is we all are. We all have walked away from what we were to, what we were created to be. We all have that sin within us, whether it is, you know, mild deceit or whether it is what we consider the more egregious things, you know, we all are in the same boat, sinful. So what happened is God sent his son, Jesus, who came to this earth, both man and God, to not only walk among us, but to die for us. I know you're saying that it's hard to be comfortable with the word sin, and I sometimes I'll almost be overwhelmed thinking about the fact that Jesus would do what you just said, that he would come, choose to leave heaven where he was reigning with God, and come and um, live a life that I could not live. I mean, I really cannot stop sinning for... <laughs> oh, come on, Julie. I, I cannot stop sinning for three minutes. I think I mean, you've been good for the last three. Well, I mean, I just, yeah. I know myself. And I know, I know that the Agreed. Bible says a sin is anything that is less than perfection. And I am I cannot be perfect. And yet Jesus came and lived an entire 33 years without sinning once, and then chose 
to die on the cross to take the penalty for all of my sins and all of your sins and all of the world's sins so that he would be an appropriate sacrifice to God. I think that one thing I find interesting about his life on this earth is that it was not one that there were parades for, per se, Mm -hmm. or there Mm -hmm. were accolades around. He actually came as a servant. Mm -hmm. He was the king of kings, and he came as a servant, which let me just say what Matthew 20, 28 says. For even the Son of Man, and that is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mm. And ransom, that's a funny word. I mean, what, they're movies, ransom (laughs) movies, okay? And that is basically paying someone to get someone back. And that's essentially what Jesus did, is he paid to redeem us, to get us to, to cross that bridge so we can be once again children of God. I think that's um, really poignant to remember the fact that he came as a servant. I know the Bible also talks about um, the fact that he he lived this difficult and sometimes lonely life because he was despised by people. People didn't understand who he was and what he came to do and, you know, struggled to believe while he was living that he really was who he said he was. Isaiah 53, 3 says that he experienced hurt. He was despised and rejected. Uh, It literally is quoted as saying, he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and he looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yeah. And, you know, we talked earlier about the fact that this world is painful and difficult. Mm -hmm. He had same heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. He had the same disappointment. He had ridicule and rejection. Mm from peers and the people around him. And he was not, he was not significant mm. in his day. He was not a king. He was not a priest. Um, he was not an important person. In fact, to a lot of people, they considered him a troublemaker, a mm. difficult one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the people of the day, they expected that when the Savior would come, it would be a lot of fanfare and he would be a big deal and he'd be a political leader. And that's not what Jesus was. Isaiah 53, 2 says, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him because he came as a servant and he came to fulfill what God had for him to do. Yeah, we have all these paintings of Jesus, which I think is wonderful. I think, it, you know, trying to capture what we believe he looked like when he mm-hmm. walked this earth or, you know, sometimes even uh, after his death, we have paintings. But the truth is, it says that he wasn't anything to look at. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't the beautiful blue eyed, which he was a Jew. So we pro- I don't know if he had blue eyes or not, but a lot of the paintings portray this lovely creature. That's not what they, that's not what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. But the Bible talks about and the cornerstone of our faith and the purpose of the reason we celebrate at Easter is that he came, he lived this perfect life, like I said, that you and I could not live. And then he willingly chose to go to the cross, which was the epitome of a horrific death in that day. Um, Some would say historically it was during the time that the worst possible form of Execution. Yeah, execution. Um, I mean, if you're to read the passages critically or even maybe see the movie The Passion of the Christ, I mean, that's not an over-exaggeration of the type of death that he willingly took on so that we could have 
a relationship with God. If we put our faith and our trust in the fact that he is the only way to be restored back to God, if we put our faith and our trust and we confess with our mouths, the Bible says, if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, then we can be saved. And that's what Easter is about for us. And you think about, Julie, what he endured, what you just mentioned physically, what he endured, the beating he took, the beating that they gave him physically was within just right before death. Mm -hmm. They beat him to the point where a human body can tolerate up to that point, but not one more lashing, Mm -hmm. or it would have killed him. They ridiculed him. They spit on him. They hung him on the cross Um, with nails and piercing. But the thing that I think amazes me the most is when we talk about this and say that he was ransomed for us is to do that. That means he took every single thing bad any of us have ever done in all of humanity, every sin, every hurt, Every everything we've ever done, he took it on him at that moment. And I know there have been times when I have really struggled myself with things that I'm battling and I feel the weight of that. Or I'm walking alongside someone who is really struggling with some kind of a sin in their life that they can't conquer. And you feel the weight of that. But can you even imagine the compounding of all of humanity and he felt the weight of that? No. I mean, and that's, it literally is almost impossible to imagine. And on the cross, Jesus literally cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me in that moment of that separation? Because God had to turn his face from him in order to really see the sin and allow the penalty to be put on Jesus so that it could be completely paid for. Yeah. And the other thing he said was, forgive them, Mm -hmm. forgive them. They don't know what they've done. Can you imagine? I mean, I'd be looking at those people again. I'm not a, I'm not anywhere near a perfect person and I'd be pretty darn mad. I mean, I have trouble forgiving a friend for saying something mean about me. Yeah. Yeah. And to forgive those who would brutally attack me. That's why we need Jesus. I mean, that's. Yeah. So we're talking about his death, but that's not what we celebrate Easter Sunday. It's Mm -hmm. not death. Um, That is good Friday. part of it. It's part of it. That's good Friday. It's good Friday. Mm -hmm. And we do walk in that, not walk with him because we can't ever experience what he did, but we we do acknowledge what he did Mm -hmm. on Good Friday. But then our hope is in what he did on Sunday. That's right. Three days later, the Bible says that he resurrected from the dead, proving that he was God. Resurrected. What does that mean? It means that he rose again, that he was not, he didn't stay in the grave. He rose to eternal life back to heaven where he belongs, reigning and ruling with God, showing that he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And that is what we celebrate on Easter. Yeah, the defeat of death, because he became alive again and walked among his uh, people he walked with before. Well, and I think sometimes we are told that as Christians, we just have to have faith. Well, we do. We have to have faith to believe. But there were other accounts. Yeah, and it's not just the Bible that points to historical proof that Jesus was seen again after his resurrection. There are other credible documents that show that he was seen by countless people proving that he did, in fact, rise again defeating death once and for all. Which is what our, when we say it's the Super Bowl, that's why, because it gives us hope. Hope. 
it gives us hope that not only for us, but Julie, I, you know, you know, I've, I lost my dad to suicide. I've lost several people that I love dearly, but that was a really hard one. Mm-hmm. And because it came so suddenly and I could say, so, you know, it, it just shouldn't have happened. You can yeah. go, it yeah. shouldn't have happened. Um, because of that, it's extremely hard, but I know that my father had a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I know he knew him. So I also know that mm-hmm. that's not the end of my relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. that I will indeed see him again. That's my hope. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says because of the resurrection, we can have hope in eternal life and that we will be with those who are of the family of God, who have put their faith and trust in this one man who could pay the penalty. And so I totally get what you're saying about being able to have hope because of this truth that even when we experience difficulty in in this life and specifically difficulty in losing those that we love, if they have this common faith, that if they have this foundation of trusting that this life ultimately is not about us and it's not about this earth, but it's about where we're going to be with Jesus again, I mean, that is the thing that gives me confidence and has been sustaining me in this season as my husband, you know, very similarly, unexpectedly passed away. Um, but I take great hope and joy, even in the fact that he is now experiencing life with Jesus every single day. I mean, that is the cornerstone of our faith. Yeah. And we can go back to where we go back, our source, the Bible. Let's go to, uh, Philippians, Mm And in Philippians 3, 20 to 21, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. I love that. He lives there. Mm -hmm. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I mean, I read something like that or I hear something like that and I, I literally tear up because it is... It is the thing that can settle the insecurity of this world, the unknowns of this world, the hurt of this world. We are not at all saying that if you put your faith and your trust in this life-saving Jesus, that life becomes easy. Oh, no. It couldn't be we're further from the that. truth. <laughs> we're um, not saying that. But we're saying it comes with hope of there being eternal perspective and a good future and reason and purpose for all of it. And hope for today that we have a God and Savior who came to um, redeem us that understands everything that we experience, every emotion we have, every hurt, every heartache, every joy, every Mm -hmm. celebration. Mm -hmm. Um, He has already experienced and will walk with us in this world, not just the world to come. Absolutely. I'm, maybe you've heard the phrase people talk about, and maybe it sounds kind of uncomfortable, but people talk about the resurrection power of Jesus. I know before I was maybe, you know, a little, a few years into my faith, I'd heard that phrase and I'm like, that sounds weird and creepy. You sound <laughs> no. creepy. And we probably say a lot of things the kids that are weird and creepy. creepy I'll admit okay. to that. But yeah. now, you know, really just this hope being my daily sustenance, I recognize that the Bible says the same power that rose Jesus from the dead literally lives in me as I put my faith and trust in him. And so that's the thing we rely on in the good days and in the very difficult, seemingly hopeless, seemingly um, unsurvivable moments. 
we put our hope and our faith and our trust in the fact that God is working all things for his good, for my good, ultimately for his glory, yeah. for those who love him. Yeah. And to know that one day we won't cry anymore. Mm. One day we will not feel the loss that we feel. Um, and when we say our hope that we will see people we love again is there, it is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we still don't grieve. It doesn't mean we still aren't sad, but it does mean that we have a promise mm-hmm. that it's not the end. It is not the end for our lives. It's not the end for their lives because we have had the privilege of meeting Jesus and letting him, uh, accepting him as part of our life and accepting what he did for us. Yeah. So we can't just look at Easter as Easter eggs and dying eggs, which all of that is fun. And we are all for doing you all bet. of that. Go for it. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, I should probably buy some egg dye this week in order to do this activity with my child. <laughs> um, but we also can't record an episode about Easter without making it very clear that this is the cornerstone of where our grit and grace comes from. It is the ultimate defining factor of what this life is all about. And so if you're hearing this today and you're thinking, I want to know more about that, or that doesn't quite make sense to me, or I'm interested in if this could be true, we are going to put in the show notes a link to a series of articles um, that kind of talks a little bit more about this type of faith. But I want to just extend the invitation that if you have questions and you would like to talk to Darlene or myself individually, we would love nothing more than to answer any questions you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can send us a message. You can email us podcast at the grit and grace project.org, or you can direct message us on any of our social media. We check those all the time. Um, Don't be a stranger if you have questions about this, because this is literally the most important part of our lives. And we want it to be the most important part of your life as well. So Julie, we usually end with a quote, but I think in this case, we need to end with our scripture that really is the anchor of our hope. Well, I mean, we're going to quote scripture. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Go for it. All right. This is Revelation 21.4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. So on that note, happy Easter from This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by The Grit and Grace Project. Take a few minutes and head over to iTunes to rate and review the show so more people can find us and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an upcoming episode. If you can think of a friend who could benefit from this episode or the show in general, please be sure to share us with her. And for all the details on today's episode, find the show notes by heading to thegritandgraceproject.org. You can follow us on social so you miss nothing that we're sharing throughout the week on all things living a grit and grace life. We'll catch you on the next one.